we should always be giving back um, to society. Um, and I know Australia has a bit of a tall poppy syndrome issue, but at the end of the day, um, you know, that all aside and whatever it might be, it, it's about what we can contribute um, to the community. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we continue the conversation with Chairman and CEO of the Jamali Group, Trent Jamali. Find out about some of his property development strategies he implements to generate profitable deals within his business, how his company helps young aspiring property developers to succeed and much, much more. We discover the hard road that he had to go down to get to where he is and the advice he received along the way. To be honest, like the first two years, I was working seven days a week, you know, a lot of hours. Um, so, you know, you can't get there just by, you know, clicking your fingers or thinking that it's going to happen. Um, you got to put in the hard yards, number one. And, uh, you know, a lot of people look at it now and go, oh, well, you, you know, you're living the easy life. Well, yeah, but you know, we've 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 gone through some some pretty big challenges in life, and and um, the only reason it's able to happen is is because of our people. So you know, within a business, ca- look, cash flow has been etched in the back of my head um, from my father, my father-in-law, and other mentors um, and coaches that I have. So you know, cash flow is the biggest killer of any business and, and development or whatever. So you've got to make sure that you've got sales coming in the door. Uh, again, coming from a, a conservative accountant, like being my dad, he always said, if you don't have sales, you don't have a business. Um, systems and processes, absolutely for not, you know, imperative. If you don't have them, you can't take your fingers off the controls. Um, you've got to think of, you know, driving a car with cruise control. You know, if, if you don't have cruise control and let go of the wheel, well, you know, you can't drive the car basically. So you've got to have the, the functions in business that enables you to be able to let go of the wheel here and there and uh, lift your foot off, off the pedal and, and let the team run in. Um, third thing's people. Um, you've, and when I mean people, you've got to have the right people, you've got to have the right culture. Um, to have the right culture, it, it takes a little bit of time, but when you get it, um, it's amazing. But, you know, with culture, I always say to anyone is be true to yourself. Don't try and be someone that you're not. Um, but make sure that your culture reflects who you are as a human being. Um, and for me, I'm very trusting of people um, and I expect the same from my team and, and they're all like that. Um, we imp- we also employ um, a lot of older generation people. So the average age of our staff is over 53. Um, and there's a reason we do that uh, is because they've got the right culture of fit and values that, that we, we cover as a business. Um, the next thing I'd say is get a coach, get a mentor, um, read books, read as many damn books as you possibly can. Um, one of my favourites is Think and Grow Rich um, by Napoleon Hill. One of my all-time favourites is The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. If I ever get in a bind, that's the book default book I go to um, because it just resets, you know, pulls you back into line and um, and makes sure that, you know, I'm on track. But the last thing I want to say is balance. Um, you've got to have the right balance, whether it be through family or exercise or, you know, just going for a surf or a swim or whatever. 
Um, you've got to have balance in your life to be able to sustain the energy levels that's required uh, to be successful. And it's not something that's, it's a game basically. And, and you know, your customers expect a lot um, from you, um, but you've also got to set boundaries with them. So they're, they're the key points I would say to any budding entrepreneur. Um, you get those right, it's pretty easy after that. Jamelli gives some insight into what his business does and how property development works for him. The first thing you've got to learn is the art of leverage. Um, you've got to leverage money. Um, you do that through banks. You can do that through family and friends. You can do it through other people's money. There's all sorts of ways that you have the ability to do that. Um, then you've got to be able to leverage time. So, you know, development, there's no magic pill or silver bullet, whatever you want to call it, um, it takes time. You're dealing with a lot of bureaucracies that is a pain in the ass um, most of the time um, and things blow out. So you've got to deal with that and be be realistic about what can be done. So, you know, when we got, you know, in, in 13 with everything, when everything happened, um, we had our property. I couldn't develop it because I had no money. I was in the hole so hard. Um, what I was able to do is borrow money from my in-laws and, and my parents and said, look, you know, if, if we give you a rate of return of 25% on your money over a 12-month period, would you take that? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. Um, we can get more than, you know, 3% of our money in the bank. Um, but then, that, you know, the, the result of that is, you know, how are you going to be successful? Um, you know, we need a business plan. How are you going to do it? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so we did that one. They obviously got their money back. I said, can I utilise it again and do the same process? Yes. And we just consistently did the same thing over and over again. Uh, a lot of people think that property development's this real exciting thing and all that, and, and, and at stages it is, but it's also very, very monotonous and boring in the sense that all you're doing is tweaking your abilities and tweaking your numbers all the time so that you can deliver the same thing better at a higher profit. Um, the other big thing that we do internally is we will not touch any project that doesn't have more than 30% uh, project profit in it and the reason for that is things happen okay a lot of the time we see more than that occasionally we see less than that um, and it's very occasionally but the way I was taught to develop was a third a third a third so you put a third to purchase a third to develop and a third in profit profit that's how you always should look at property Jamelli has been faced with a lot of doubters but that did not stop him from reaching his goals. I'm, I'm proof that it can be done uh, and we still find deals that have those sort of margins in it. Um, we just bought a, 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 a industrial warehouse site down in Coulomb uh, on the sunny coast and that project's got a 42% yield conservatively off the bat. So, you know, the, the deals are there um, but we've just been able to consistently stick to our laurels, mate, is... Anything from five to 30 lots is traditionally what we, we stick at. Um, we are moving into the warehousing commercial side. Um, the reason for that is, you know, having conversations with my peers and accountants um, is at some point in time, we are going to have a downturn. That's a cash flow strategy um, moving forward. So it's got huge net cash flow in it uh, and equity. So we're doing that a few times. And, and basically our portfolio at the moment uh, is about 20% industrial warehousing and 80% small lot land, land subdivisions. And we'll continue doing that um, because, you know, the, the, the land, land lot subdivisions that we do, we typically aim to deliver our product at affordable housing levels. 
you know, for the viewers out there and the listeners, you know, if, you, if you're going to gear anything at any any area, go for the bottom end, um, the, the, you know, where 95% of people buy. The one thing I learned through the GFC is, you know, the top end got hammered, the middle class got hammered, the low end didn't get that hammered. In fact, that, that whole uh, segment increased over 2008 and 9 is because everyone's losing their shirts in the top end. Guess what they do? They have to go and rent in the bottom end. Um, so it's, you know, my accountant deals with heaps of developers and he goes, I've never met a better strategy than yours. Absolutely love what you do because it's, it's bomb-proof um, because of that. So, you know, you've got to just be smart about what you do. Um, for us, it's, it's all about delivery. If we can deliver a product that's up 300000 just for the land, by the time you build, you're going to be at sort of five, mid-fives. Um, and any, you know, ambulance worker, um, paramedic, policeman, nurse, uh, council worker, they can all afford that. So, you know, most people can afford that style of property. Jamali does not waste any time developing property and quickly moves on to the next one. The average project for us generally takes about 18 months. Um, Sometimes less, sometimes more. We've had some go out to 30 months um, just due to delays from councils and neighbours and things like that. Um, we also pick up a lot of sites now that have already got DAs in place. So, you know, it might take six to nine months to, to do those. So there is a big variability in it. Um, but on average, our projects generally take 18, I think it's 18.2 months uh, is the calculation. For a motivated property developer like Jamelli, there are never enough properties on his books. Generally, we look at 10 per year. Currently, we've got 23 on the books. Um, seven of those are due to finish uh, the next quarter. Um, so they'll ro- all roll out and we're, in, we're obviously acquiring another 10 over the course of the next financial year. Uh, we did nine this year. Um, I purposely pulled one back uh, just to give us a bit of breathing space because the staff are uh, uh, you know they're, they're they're very busy. I'm just going to breathe. So they asked me to to you know jump off the gas for a, for a month or two. Um, so we have done that. We've listened to them, and um, and next year we'll just do the ten again uh, that we do. Plus my wife does her own projects as well. So you know for us uh, we're still doing ten projects. It's just uh, ten new projects. It's just you know there's only nine on our business books. His business offers some valuable experience for any aspiring property developer out there. Yeah, Palladium program. So the, the way it works is um, most courses will give you, you know, an encyclopedia of stuff to use and you won't be able to get any, any further information. Um, there's a lot of them out there. I've seen most of them. Uh, some are good, some are shit. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to mention names, but, you know, you, everyone else can make their determination from that perspective. Um, what we do is we have like a quasi-apprenticeship, so whereby you come in, you get involved with us, you've got to be of the right mindset to do it. Um, we're very, very particular about our clients. Um, we only take on the clients that we want to work with uh, and vice versa for them. Um, but we teach them, you know, we've got a, a 12-week training schedule that we run online, which is the theoretical stuff, but more so they've got on-the-job training. So they actually get involved in live transactions and participate in live transactions. And that's where the real learning is, mate. It's, um, you know, you can have all the encyclopedias and books in the world, but unless you apply what you're doing, you're not going to get much from it. Um, So we make sure that our clients are engaged at every possible um, station through a development. Um, We have a program called Slack, 
um, which is a basically a chat program. Um, and what we do with them is, you know, every client that's on a specific project, we set up a channel and we run through and, uh, you know, upload all the information. You've got, you know, uh, re responses from council, requests for more information, DAs, due diligence things, engineering, et cetera, all goes up onto that channel so that they have the ability to, to see and read um, what's going on. They also liaise with our development manager quite regularly. Um, and we have a monthly boardroom meeting with all of our clients where we go through a Gantt chart and, you know, we go through the financials and, and, um, and you know, they get to see everything um, firsthand. So the big one of our core values is transparency with what we do. Um, and, you know, to have that ability to show clients exactly where we're at, you know, from a financial aspect, from a development aspect, you know, why it's delayed, why we're in front, all those type of things come up. They can attend council meetings. They can attend site meetings. It's really up to them. You don't have to, though, uh, be that detailed if you don't want to. Um, we do have clients all over the country, and uh, obviously we understand that, that people have to work at the same time. Um, but we generally allow, you know, half an hour a week online with our clients and, and um, that, that, yeah, that's enough for them unless they really want to come up and, and, um, and come out to site. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into Trent Jamelli's strategy when it comes to property development. I don't like to own a lot of property these days. I, I typically just get rid of it, um, pay tax on the money and and, um, and go to the next one. You know, cash is king as they say. The importance of setting goals. The fundamentals of all of that is if you don't know what you want or where you want to be, you're just going to flounder. Um, you need to have a clear uh, goal in place of where you want to be. And that's next. I'm Tyron Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. We find out about his strategy on property and what to watch out for in the near future. I don't like to own a lot of property these days. I, I typically just get rid of it, um, pay tax on the money and and, um, and go to the next one. You know, cash is king as they say. Uh, there are aspects and certainly the warehousing and commercial, we're probably going to, well, no, we are going to hold. There's no question about that. Um, that's just a cash flow strategy as I mentioned before. Um, you know, when, when shit does hit the fan, um, you know, for, for example, uh, Australia has been 27 years without a recession. Um, that's not going to last forever. We're, we're going to get hit at some point in time. And, um, you know, the, the estimation at the moment is around 24, 25. Um, that, that, that's from Phil Anderson's um, information. Um, so for us, it's just a progression of, you know, putting things in place, um, the two projects that we've got, if they operate at you know 50% um, LVR being at least 50% of them, um, you know there's still a really good amount of cash coming in um, to go through periods like that where you can just sit and hold. Clients have the luxury of various property opportunities, and it lets us know what the popular trend is at the moment. Generally, it's been the residential because that's what we've focused on. Uh, however, the last two projects that we floated uh, for clients to participate in were two commercial projects, and they filled faster than what anything has filled faster before. Um, so there's obviously a need and a want um, from our clients for that perspective. Um, the end product's returning, you know, circa 10%. Um, so 
they're, they're, they're looking themselves because of the information we feed through to them, they're looking at a similar strategy uh, for the purposes of what potentially can happen over time. Um, and and that instead of taking profits, some of them will take units, um, and I mean by, you know, a warehouse uh, themselves. So, you know, it was really um, interesting to watch how it has evolved over the course, particularly the last 12 months, um, where, where people have um, been really looking at different opportunities. We're also... Um, looking at um, aged care at the moment as well. Uh, so I've got an idea out there with that and I've, I know a lot of the clients are, are really interested in that. Um, but we're also looking at small shopping centres too. So, um, you know, there's different variety of things that we can get into now um, because we have the ability to. Um, and again, we may not have the experience. Um, so, you know, we might partner or joint venture with a, an experienced developer for the sake of the exercise on those, just to watch and see. With a shift towards commercial property, he talks with us about why he thinks people are gravitating towards it. Resi, typically, you'd, you'd be talking 4.5% yield. Um, that would be gross. Um, you know, after you take everything out, generally nets out at about 3 um, on average. Um, that's a typical, you know, half a million dollar property renting at, say, 450 bucks a week. Um, you know, on commercial at the moment, on you know, and bear in mind this isn't done yet, um, but we've we've done a lot of back end work and making sure that we're right. Um, but on the on the basic numbers, it's looking at a ten percent net um, before tax. So, you know, that that's a big difference from you know four and a half percent growth um, up to that sort of. And even if it was eight percent net, it's still a massive difference um, to where you know the the residential stuff sits as well. Um, the other thing is, you know, from a growth perspective, you know, with Sydney, um, I don't believe it's in a downturn. I just believe it's scaling back to where it should be because um, uh, it went over a bit. But the commercial market's doing quite well down there. So, you know, we, we, we just look at, uh, generally speaking, when residency's on, commercial's off and vice versa. So, you know, you, you start looking at different areas and different things that are going on uh, through different regions. Um, just dependent on and contingent on what's going on in the market overall. After all these years, Jamelli is still hard at work looking for that next investment and we find out what it is that keeps him going. My thing um, that drives me and has always driven me is to give, um, so our, our, our uh, mantra at the moment is to assist, uh, sorry, our mission is, is to help 500, 500 people to go through and learn about small property projects. So for me, um, I'm very charitable in nature. Um, every project that we have, we allocate 10% to charity. Um, for me, that's a big driving force. And the reason it's such a big driving force is I want to be able to teach my kids to do the same thing. You know, we should always be giving back um, to society. Um, and I know Australia has a bit of a tall poppy syndrome issue, but at the end of the day, um, you know, that all aside and whatever it might be, it's about what we can contribute um, to the community. I don't want to be remembered just for you know small property projects. Um, you know, we went to an event on Saturday night where we you know donated ten thousand um, dollars to the local hospital for a machine. Um, you know, it's the poor families that are out there that have got ch children that are in you know uh, any sort of illness. Doesn't matter what it is. It's all the same. It just breaks your heart. Um, you know, and to give them a leg up over the you know just turmoil that they go through you know kids with leukemia is, is such an awful thing to look at 
um, and such a confronting thing to look at. But, you know, Christy and I, my wife, have, when my kids are a little bit older, um, we're going to take them down to, you know, Brisbane Lady Salento's um, children's ward and give them Christmas presents and stuff like that. Just little things you can do and teach and give back and, and um, you know, be a better human uh, is my why. You can find comfort and guidance in many different ways that can help you reach where you want to be. Three people I always looked up to is my grandfather who's no longer with us, my father and, and my father-in-law. So they've always been mentors to me over life, although I didn't always listen. Um, so, very rarely actually. Um, the other thing was books. Um, you know, in, in 13 when everything went to, you know, hell in a handbasket very, very fast, um, I committed myself to learning and although you know, the author may not be with us, like Napoleon Hill, for instance, is not with us anymore. When you immerse yourself in that book, it can become a mentor um, for you. Listening to, to audio books, all that, um, I sought out um, a couple of groups. Um, uh, we, I did the um, Kerwin and Ray K2 Elite thing. Um, was really good, got some good contacts out of that, um, learned a lot more about myself. Uh, we then got out of that. I went into um, the Fortune Institute, uh, which was um, Simon Reynolds um, and uh, Matt Maloof, and, and Matt's still my business coach to these days. Um, y- you've just got to find someone that gels with you and, and knows uh, more than you um, is basically or had the experience. Now, you know, Matt for me has got an accounting degree. Um, you know, he's very systems and processes orientated. But he also understands the, you know, the complexities of staff, sales, all that as well. So, and then he just pulls the right people around and into you. So, you know, my wife's a mentor to me, but um, she's unbelievable um, in most instances. If if I've ever got an issue, I can I can you know go to her and and um, run through it, and she'll have she always has the right answer. I don't want to ever tell her that, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, she always does, you know. She's always she always take an objective view, um, and and they and and my best mate, you know, same thing. He's he's in his own business, and and we're able to to do that with them, with him and their family. And I think it's good to have proper, you know. We pay for our mentors as well, uh, a couple of them. But the guys who are friends and family and all that. They've got the experience, you know. My grandparents and all that—they had many, many years of experience in business and stuff like that. So it, it was—you can always go back and say, you know, nan or pop or grandma, grandpa, whatever. You know, I've got this situation. I know you've been in business. What would you have done, um, or what did you do? You know, that was similar. And you can always get experience from that. So, um, mate, you can't—you can't stop learning. That's probably the biggest thing. Um, there's always, you know, we're on some of the forums on Facebook, Property Development Australia, a lot of good guys and girls on there and, and we're always learning from them as well. They have their own things that they have experience in and, and you can always post a question if you don't know what's going on and, and get an answer. So I think everyone's a mentor and a coach. Um, it's just how you perceive it, number one. Um, number two is if you're willing and open to listening. As an avid reader, Jamelli recommends to us some of his favorite books of recent times. Think and Grow Rich is probably the best book on the market today. Um, as I said, I love The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Um, hang on, I've got to get my audio books out. I won't be a sec. Um, I'm currently reading um, Becoming Supernatural. Um, 
by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Dispenza. It's a tough one to listen to, but it, it is very good. Um, uh, the Four Hour Work Week's a great, great book. Um, one of the best books I've read of late is, was a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Um, and it was about mental, leaping through your mental stages. Um, that was a, a cracking book. Um, you Can Heal Yourself by um, Louise Hay. Um, Ask and It Is Given by Jerry and Esther Hicks. And I could go on for hours here. Um, uh, I, I, look, I, I commit to reading at least 10 to 15 books a year. He delves into what you can get from your past experiences and the perpetuality of learning. Uh, give yourself an uppercut and, and uh, get focused. Um, no, nah, it's. I, I don't think you can. Um, and the reason I say that is because at every stage in life, like I'm, I turned 43 this year, um, and in the last three years, I've learned so much it's not funny. Um, and, you know, we've still got a lot to learn. So I, I think life is just an experience. You know, I, my wife just turned 40 as well and, and, you know, we've been, everyone looks back when they're 40, oh, I'm not too old and all that sort of crap comes into it, wait till we turn 50. Um, but, you know, I said to my wife, I, I've sort of broken down life to date and, you know, it's the first 20 years, you're a kid, you don't give a shit. Time does not matter to you, you're just out to have a good time. The second 10, um, which is 20 to 30, you know, you, you're just out having fun, trying to make a name for yourself. It's it's really 30 to 40 where you really start to sort of turn the screws and make a name for yourself and start earning big bucks and, and doing what you do. But the fundamentals of all of that is if you don't know what you want or where you want to be, you're just going to flounder. Um, you need to have a clear uh, goal in place of where you want to be, and that can be monetary, it can be, you know, charitable. It can be anything that you set your mind to. Um, there's nothing that anyone can't do. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, and we're all good at things and not good at other things. I get that. Um, but there's nothing that you can't can't do. If you want to be an opera singer, you can do it. Um, it's not my first port of call, but certainly you know, if, I, if I had a go at it, I know I'd have a good crack at it as well. Um, so, you know, that, that would that's the only thing I would say to listeners is, you know, life's a journey. Um, learn from your experiences and, you know, get focused on, you know, it doesn't matter if you're 60 years old and, and you know, have, have worked your whole life. Um, uh, Colonel Sanders started KFC at 65. So there's still life to be had. I'll go to 100. I've said that to my wife many times. Um, she laughs at me when I say it. Um, but, you know, that I, I, I for myself, um, love living. Um, and, and I don't want to go anywhere in a great hurry. I'm, I'm just trying to, and I don't do it always, but certainly just trying to live the here and now. For a businessman, the clients are always going to be at the top of the priority list. It's always about the clients. And I know it sounds cliche, um, but if I can lift my clients up to a stage that they've got on their goals, and, and we're pretty confident we will, but you know, if, if I can get them to hit their goals in the next five years, that, mate, that'd be everything to me. There will be points in life where everything doesn't seem to go your way, but Jamelli assures you that things will get better. So I've got a statement, I was born lucky. Um, so uh, luck has something to do with it. However, um, you will go through, as, you know, as you've heard through my stories, you, you'll get smashed at times um, where all lack, luck seems like it's against you. Uh, it's not. 
you just got to learn from what's going on. Skill, uh, knowledge is a massive thing. You know, if if you don't have it, go get it. Um, and if, if you can't get it, find another way. Just never give up on, on what you want to achieve. Um, there's One of my mentors always said to me, you know, you may not have done it, but there's thousands of people that have done it before you. Um, so go and speak to peers. Go and speak to people that you know have been in, you know, if it's business, go to that level. If it's something else, go to that level. Um, just make sure that you never lose sight, even as shitty as it may seem or as, as tough as it may seem. I've been on, you know, broke almost three times now. Um, and, you know, as hard as that was, I never lost sight of where I wanted to be. Um, you know, and, and I just recently, I had a 27-year goal to, to own a Porsche. I bought one just recently um, because I never lost sight of what I wanted. Um, I always kicked through it, always did my things that I, I wanted to do. I stuck with my um, regimes that I have every morning, um, which is, you know, a positivity thing in my meditation. Um, I always make sure that I stick to that because that has been the one thing that always has kicked me along. If anyone wants to reach out and talk to Trent Jamelli, he lets us know where we can connect with him. Uh, best way is to pick up the phone, uh, 1-800-699-325. Uh, alternatively, you can jump on our Facebook page, which is jamellygroup.com um, or go to the website and just submit your details there. Um, you know, we always say the best thing to do is to speak to clients. Um, we allow people, you know, interested people to be able to do that so that they can see um, what's going on. Um, there's been quite a number of interviews with me now um, on, on, you know, TV and, and podcasts and stuff. Uh, if you want to you know, see those, they're up on the website, up on the Facebook page as well. Thank you to Trent Jamelli, our guest on this episode of Property Invest Story. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinveststory.com.au.